a Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the St. Louis All Local Podcast from KMOX Radio. I'm Megan Lynch, bringing you the news you need for this Friday, February 10th. A follow-up now to a story KMOX News has been tracking for you. Missouri's Attorney General is asking the leaders of Children's Hospital and Washington University to take action as investigations continue into whistleblower accusations made against the Transgender Center at the hospital. Andrew Bailey's asking for a moratorium to be placed on prescribing puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones to new patients at the center pending the resolution of the investigations. Bailey's office is investigating, as is Washington University and U.S. Senator John Holly's office. Bailey's letter says a former caseworker's sworn affidavit says the center has permanently sterilized hundreds of children, caused many children to attempt suicide, and performed irreversible gender transition surgeries on minors, all while lying to the public and parents. The affidavit also says puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones were prescribed without stringent protocols. Bailey gives Children's Hospital in Wash U until February 14th to respond to his call for the moratorium. Brad Choate, KMOX News. A Castle Point woman is accused of exposing her infant daughter to fentanyl, causing the child's death. St. Louis County prosecutors charged 32-year-old Sherelle Nolan with endangering the life of a child. On February 1st, county police found one-year-old Harmony Baker unresponsive in Nolan's home. Investigators say Nolan admitted to being a fentanyl addict and the only one in the home who uses the drug. A St. Louis City police officer suffered serious injury this afternoon while chasing a suspect. The department says he cut his leg on a wrought iron fence at North Jefferson and East Grand. A colleague applied a tourniquet and took him to a hospital. The officer reportedly in serious but stable condition. Police say the fleeing suspect was taken into custody. Now, the latest from Missouri's capital. A Missouri lawmaker wants to stop the abuse of temporary tags. A bill in the Missouri House would force everyone to pay vehicle taxes at the point of sale at the dealership. South County State Rep. Michael O'Donnell. When I went out and bought groceries this weekend, I paid for the, I paid the sales tax at that point. For some reason, well, for, for various reasons, Missouri has you go and pay your sales tax at the, at the Department of Revenue fee office. And committee proponents of the bill say it would eliminate 90% of temporary license plate delinquencies, which results in tens of millions in sales tax revenue going uncollected. Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. From the KMOX business desk, navigating the economy in a new country can be challenging. Now Afghans here have more help and a place to connect and share ideas. Now Afghans here have more help and a place to connect and share ideas. A ribbon cutting today on South Grand for a new Afghan community center and chamber of commerce. We're calling the United States Afghan Chamber of Commerce because it is the only one of its kind uh, for new arriving Afghans in, in the United States. That's Ario Benson of the International Institute. He says about 140 Afghans have moved to St. Louis after arriving in the U.S. elsewhere, so it's becoming a preferred destination. They're working on bringing to St. Louis another two to 300 more Afghans currently in Albania. We're leaning on those Afghans who have already well-established businesses to support the, the new arrivals. O'Benson says many Afghans who come to St. Louis have entrepreneurial backgrounds and want to start their own businesses. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News. 
listening to Total Information PM. I'm Megan Lynch, sitting in for Michael Calhoun. Residents of East Palestine, Ohio, starting to return home after several train cars hauling toxic chemicals derailed a week ago. That train originated in Madison, Illinois. KMOX's Carol Daniel gets reaction from St. Louis Fire Chief Dennis Jankerson, as well as what he says is lacking in their ability to respond to potential hazardous rail car spills. Is there some sort of joint region-wide um, task force that addresses such things? Well, um, that's kind of a, a question that's, that's going to have to be answered in, in, with puzzle pieces. Um, w- yes, we do have a, an organization that, gets, that meets uh, regularly to discuss issues like this. We, it's part of the STARS organization, and they provide some of the funding for equipment that we use should something like this happen as part of the East-West Gateway Council of Government. So, yes, we do meet with, you know, the, the, the Illinois side and a lot of the partners on the St. Louis side. The, um, there are two uh, task force teams, if you will, in the area. One in the city of St. Louis, and there's also a county task force that handles all the uh, hazardous material type releases. And do we actually train together? Uh, not that often, but our operational guidelines and procedures are shared. And yes, we do work together. Should we have a big uh, incident like they had up there in um, East Palisade, Ohio? So yeah, it, it's we're a pretty coordinated group. And probably the biggest difference that we have here in the city, and we've got a lot of train tracks and a lot of manufacturing and a lot of cars that come through here, is we have a large and uh, high volume of water supply, which would help us tremendously. Oh, that's a that's a that's good news. Mm-hmm. It is, but I mean, they had they had quite a few cars derailed up there, and you know, they, they had. I, I mean, last time I read, I think they were said what fifteen to twenty tank cars full of hazardous material, which becomes a big big issue. And they were all toxic. Uh, they all had, you know. They had quite a few of them burning, and they had one or two cars that were actually reaching the point of uh, the heating from the flames. They were starting to vent, so that that was their big concern. And how are how are the task force members informed? You said we have a lot of tracks and a, and, and a lot of trains, and I, most of us see that on a regular basis if you work downtown, for sure. Um, right. how are, how are you informed about what is coming through the area? You know, it, it, the average daily traffic we're really not informed of, you know, uh, if they get into a, uh, a, a transportation, say of a, uh, a controlled radioactive, we're going to get some notification. Um, but, but just the everyday traffic, we, we really don't know a whole lot about it. You know, we do train with the railroads and their hazardous material experts. We do partner with them at least once a year. It, it did slow down a little bit during COVID, but you know, normally on a yearly basis, we get, they bring in their cars and we bring out our hazardous material uh, experts, if you will, and they go over the different car configurations and tanker convic- uh, configurations. And it, it's, it's something that's always on our mind because when they move these trains, there's always 20, 30, 40 different tank cars assigned to these units. Do you have what you need to respond? My initial response would be no. You know, the amount of uh, uh, foam, if you will, to control some of these products, 
uh, I don't think enough of it is stored in the city of St. Louis or the county. Uh, we had a discussion, uh, this was several years ago, with uh, one of the railroads that was moving uh, large unit trains through with you know 80 to 100 tank cars that were supposedly empty, but they were carrying some of the fracking oil. And if you remember back five, six, seven years ago, we had quite a few incidents around the country where these fracking trains were, you know, having issues. They were having accidents and quite a few of them were exploding, catching fire and causing big issues in areas, you know, and and, and there was quite a few deaths involved with them. So um, there was a big push uh, to try and get some product located here in the city. And I, I think the closest we got to it is they have product, uh, stored to handle a situation like this up in Kansas City. Mm. Would you, when that derailment happened, uh, and I know you watch these kinds of things, what was your first thought? I, I hope they started evacuation 20 minutes ago, an hour ago, you know, because that's 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 just about what you're limited to upon the initial exp- uh, uh release a product or the initial fireball, you just have to get people out of it because it still takes a while to figure out what is burning. What is this product? You know, how hazardous is it? You know, and people say we should know about that, but we don't always know what's on these train cars, you know? So the evacuation, it, uh, it, it appears that they did a fantastic job with that up there and got the people out. And, you know, the other side of that, when you knock on somebody's door at two two o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the afternoon, say, "Hey, you have to evacuate." I mean, half the time they look at like, "I'm not going anywhere." You know, that's their home, that's their property. So uh, it, it's that's not as easy as it sounds. We're going to evacuate a two mile, two square mile area. That that is not easily done, and and it really depends on you know where this derailment took place. Like if we had a derailment in the city, we've got a dense. I mean, very densely populated area with, you know, three different highways running in it. If, if I would start to evacuate a two-square-mile area, it, it's it's going to cause a lot of issues. Have you felt in, because you, this is, you've been in this career, in, in this field for decades, that you should know? You're saying you don't know what's on the trains. Should you know? I think we should absolutely know what's being moved in and out of our city, especially with some of the large quantities. You know, when they move a single tank car into a manufacturing facility uh, to either, you know, uh, place it in different containers or redistribute it, you know, that's not as big an issue as when they're moving 50 train cars of, you know, highly hazardous material through a site. That That's really what we need to know about. Is that a legislative answer? Absolutely. Something that's ever been proposed or no? It's been proposed. Absolutely. It's, you know, my job is to protect the citizens and the people who live and work in this city. And and that's part of that protection plan. If, you know, the railroads are going to be moving these hazardous materials, these toxins, these carcinogens in and out of a residential area or even a, a commercial area, the people who live and work in that area need to uh, be comfortable with the fact that the local responding agencies have the ability and also have the necessary means to provide for the safety of those people. In other words, we need the product to be able to fight these type of incidents and not have to wait for a day to receive the product from another location. 
I'm Megan Lynch. St. Louis All Local is produced by the KMOX News Team. Subscribe to the All Local on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.